0: Welcome, my friends, to Farm Machinery Digest Radio, and thank you so much for getting with this guy from New Jersey, the hot rod farmer from very, very, very dry Cat Swamp Road. But I told you about that last week, and we have not gotten any rain since then. But if you're listening, it's either Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern or Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio, Sirius XM, channel 147. And if you miss an episode or, you know, like the episode we're going to have today is going to be really special. So you're probably going to want to go to my website or any podcast hosting sites. And you all know that one week after it airs, Sirius XM channel 147 raw radio it is for perpetuality as a podcast and we're gonna have a very 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 special guest today and that guest I am going to have is mr. James Condon I call him Jim and he is the guru the guru of portable generators and I'm going and and before I introduce introduce Jim, I'm just going to tell you is that a generator, especially a portable generator, is like a spare tire or an ambulance, a spare tire with no air or an ambulance that doesn't run is useless, and a portable generator that doesn't make electricity. And what we're gonna focus on is Jim's background as, as far as the power head is concerned, where it makes electricity. So let's give Jim a big old cat swamp road welcome to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. Jim, welcome to, to the show.
1: Thanks for having me, I appreciate it.
0: Well, thank you so much. I'm just gonna tell you and I know how we, we met and uh, I had a problem with my generator i had a briggs i have a briggs and stratton elite 8000 and a lot of you guys listen to the podcast and you know i spoke about it on the podcast not so much on the radio show on my idle chatter podcast and there is no real good information out there to diagnose a charging circuit issue on a portable generator the engine side I have no problem with that. And when I bought this generator, I was never concerned about the engine side. I was always concerned about the electrical side, the power head side, if I had an issue. But I said, hey, how bad can it be? Well, you know, it's a good generator, supposedly. Well, 36 hours into this, I have an electrical problem. And what I did is I went on, I bought the Briggs and Stratton manual for $80, which I, I, I won't say because this is a family show what you could do with it. All right. It's nicely printed. I'll give it that credit. And uh, really useless, useless, uh, useless book for my generator. And I started to go on the internet. And you guys know as my listeners that I'm not really big on YouTube stuff because most of the people are inventing a science because they have a camera and they invent a the science. But I found this guy. I found Jim Condon. And he has these excellent, excellent YouTube videos about generators. So I asked him to please come on the show because it's so important specifically for rural America, rural Canada, if the power goes out to have a backup generator running. So, Jim, please, please tell us a little bit about how you got involved with this.
1: Yeah, I guess it really started with my own experience. My RV has a generator and it had a very intermittent problem where after running for about two hours, it would shut down and it would restart, but it would run for maybe 30 minutes and shut down. It just got progressively worse until it wouldn't run at all. So as you can imagine, an intermittent problem like that, it's expensive to bring to someone to fix because it actually doesn't do it when it's sitting at home idling in your driveway. You have to be on the road. It has to be a hot day. And of course, the day that it was acting up, I was driving through New Jersey.
0: Oh, yeah, well, that was it, the problem.
1: Yeah, well, it was a hot day. It was 100 degrees. And the family and I were heading down south. And the generator shut down. And that also runs the air conditioning inside the mobile home. So it got very hot. And that was, that was kind of it. I had enough. You know, so I kind of rolled up my sleeves and just dug in to figure out what was going on. And in and, and that case, it was a pretty simple fix. It was a mechanical fuel pump. And once that was replaced, things ran fine. But that kind of got me interested in small engines and generators. And as you mentioned earlier, there's not a lot of information, especially on the generator side of things. And that was kind of my frustration trying to fix some of these things is that there just wasn't anything out there. I shouldn't say anything. There was just so little that, you know, I really had to draw from a lot of different sources to kind of build my knowledge up to try to figure out how to fix these things.
0: Well, you, well, necessity is the mother of invention, and that's what—that's how I found you, because I started to look at my generator on the alternator side, because it's an alternator, it makes AC, it's an alternator like in the car, just produces a higher voltage, but what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to go to a short break, so, so Jim, you sit, Pat, and when we come back from this break, we're going to delve into Jim's mind and his knowledge of what he found out about how to diagnose and steer you in the right direction to get the power turned back on and remember agriculture runs on machinery but profits on reliability Marvel Podcasts are now on the
2: SiriusXM app, including Marvel's Voices. Hi, I'm Anjali Grochet, host of Marvel's Voices. I'm so excited because I get to talk to incredible storytellers from the Marvel Universe, like Method Man. I just love the X-Men, man. It was just something about it. This show is the go-to place for diverse perspectives. We are trying to tell stories that we wanted to see. Hear Marvel's
0: Voices before anywhere else without having to leave the SiriusXM app. Free for most subscribers. Download it today and tap podcasts.
1: Rural is the roots of our nation. Sirius XM's Rural Radio. Western sports, country music, comedians. It's an attitude. The rural lifestyle in the ag industry. It's not just farming. We've got everything from hunting, fishing, and conservation. Horses and horse training.
2: Of news, weather, and the commodity markets.
1: Sirius XM, it doesn't matter where you are in North America. It's always there. They'll have it in their trucks, in their combines, in their tractors. To hear Sirius XM's Rural Radio. Activate your radio now. Call 844-711-8800. Or head to SiriusXM.com slash go to sign up quickly.
2: This Iowa Minute is brought to you by the Iowa Farm Bureau. So many choices at the grocery store these days. So many different cuts, so many different options. Some of them aren't meat at all. How do you know which is the best choice then for your family when it comes to nutrition? Animal source foods such as meat, dairy, eggs contain what's called nutritionally high-quality
0: protein. Plant foods are not high-quality proteins. They are usually
2: lacking in one or more of those essential amino acids. Dr. Ruth McDonald, one of the nation's preeminent food scientists, says the key to the best diet is moderation, not fear. Having a balance of other fruits and vegetables in your diet is important.
0: But to be afraid of food because of the misinformation that's out there is unfortunate.
2: There are many ways animals are raised for meat, and those differences impact the price you'll pay at the grocery store. But one thing is for certain, if it's choices you want, farmers will provide them. With your Iowa Minute, I'm Lori Johns.
0: Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. And we got Jim Condon here, the generator guru. All right, Jim, the mic is all yours, buddy. Let's tell us about the common problems that you've found, that you've come across with the electrical side of many different portable generators that you worked on. But first, please tell the audience about your YouTube channel, which is a wealth of information, how they could find you, because I don't want to get excited about it and then forget to tell them.
1: Of course, uh, you can go to YouTube or Google, just type in my name, James Condon, and you will see a bunch of videos and you know I cover a lot of different types of generators, so chances are I've fixed the one you're having a problem with, or even if I haven't, there's a lot of um, kind of common knowledge, a lot of overlap. so even if you have a Briggs versus a Generac, you know fundamentally they're all very similar and you know, the same methods can be applied to pretty much any
0: model. And that's Condon C O N D O N and James J A M E S. Correct. Correct. Okay, buddy. Well, let's go. Let's talk about what are the most common areas of that you have found and what is, how, you know, how does it usually work that way? The person is, uh, they, they plug in the generator and the power output is low, no power. So the, the mic is all yours.
1: Well, I, I, I always, warn people too. like if if you're buying a generator that is in that condition, or you're looking to fix one more often than not, it's, it's not good. You know, if you're lucky, it is the brushes or maybe the AVR which is the automatic voltage regulator. So that supplies power to the brushes and the part in the generator that spins in the middle is called the rotor. That's basically an electromagnet. So it needs DC power to power the whole thing up. So if the brushes are bad, the slip rings are dirty, or the AVR is malfunctioning, then that will definitely cause a no power condition. But a lot of times what happens is that either the rotor or the stator go bad. The, the wires, they are insulated. Even though it's clear looking, they are insulated from each other. So vibration can cause that insulation to fail and the wires may short to ground or to something else that they shouldn't be. And really the only thing to do at that point is to replace the bad part. Or if you know someone who can rewind it, that is a possibility. I've looked into that before, like small uh, like electric motor shops can do that. Uh, No one in my area will do that, but I have gotten quotes, and it's not cheap. Usually it starts at around $800. And a lot of these smaller portable generators, that's kind of what they sell for brand new. So a lot of times people elect not to rewind them and even repairing them with a new part from the manufacturer. A lot of times that's not even an option. Or if it is an option, meaning they can buy it, again, you're looking at $600 plus the labor to get it installed. So if your generator is not making power, you know, Sometimes you can get lucky, uh, but I think the best thing to do is to at least kind of understand the things that can be wrong. Cause it could be a simple fix that like a $1 set of brushes would fix, and I've seen that before. Sometimes they overheat, and the holder that holds the brushes melts, and the brushes just kind of move out of place.
0: Now, I think it's very important, and please, you know, feel free to correct me, is that when people do, when they exercise these units and run them, that not only are you running the engine, but you need to exercise the um, the, the powerhead, but it's important uh, from my perspective for you to have a way to check the voltage and the output in hertz of the generator i know from watching your videos you use a kilowatt meter with a little extension cord which i think is great makes it a lot practical i use a different brand meter so you want to just touch on that and how that's going to be a telltale sign during exercise how it needs to have a load on it and you need to check the output and when you plug it into the house or the well pump whatever you're running on your farm or ranch that you need to confirm the output also
1: Yeah, there's a lot there. I mean, of course, you don't want to let engines sit. That's probably the worst thing you can do. So you do want to exercise it, you know, get that engine up to temp, the valves, the cylinder. I mean, all that can develop rust over time depending upon where you store it and just the humidity in the air. So you definitely want to run that engine as often as you can. I mean, you know, a month, every two months is probably fine, but everyone's different. Now, the power head, there's not a lot that can go wrong when it's sitting. I think the thing I hear most often is that you want to get the power head warm. So if there's any moisture in there, you kind of evaporate that off just to keep things running healthy. But the thing I hear a lot is residual magnetism. Generators need magnetism to make electricity, it's a magnet spinning around a coil of wire that's the stator is the coil of wire and a generator actually uses an electromagnet so it's just wires spinning and wires so you know how does that power up if there's no electricity or sorry if there's no magnet in there and the answer is residual magnetism there needs to be a little magnetism to kind of kick things going and once you kind of kick start things it amplifies and builds the voltage actually very quickly but if that magnetism is lost that can definitely keep your generator from powering up but in your case you know, I think I have bad news for you because most generators that have AVRs have small permanent magnets on the rotor so it's virtually impossible to lose magnetism unless those magnets fall off or potentially they could get demagnetized but You know, certain other generators, they don't have those permanent magnets. So if you, say, shut it down with a load on it, that could suck the magnetism out or just storing it for an extended period of time. I actually have a brand new 15-year-old generator that relies on residual magnetism sitting in the box. And I was tempted to tell it to someone just like that. But after sitting in the box for 15 years, it may not power up, in which case, There's things you can do to kind of restore that magnetism, either involving a 12 volt battery and flashing uh, the field, which basically means applying power to the brushes and the correct polarity, or an easier way is to just use a, like a hand, like a drill, an electric drill, and you can plug that into your outlets, pull the trigger down, and spin the drill. And that acts like a little generator, actually sending electricity into the stator and it's actually creating a bit of magnetism as well. And you can often kickstart things that way too. But the thing I say a lot is that if your generator's not making power, you don't necessarily want to kickstart it like that. So a lot of times you can get it to power up. But you probably shouldn't have because if it's not powering up on its own, chances are there is a short somewhere. And if you ever hear your generator going under a load but you don't have a load plugged into it shut it down right away because something is shorted out and the stator is going to start smoking and potentially catch fire if you let it run long enough
0: now i just want to get back to the uh <clears throat> to the to the reflashing the field i believe they call that uh with applying the 12 volts right to the brushes and like as you said in the proper polarity um the thing is that now, if it doesn't have an AVR, which is an automatic voltage regulator, then how are they controlling the, the voltage to the field circuit?
1: It's a lot more primitive. It's actually just a bridge rectifier. Okay. And the voltage is unregulated, meaning if you're not loading your generator down, like you don't have anything plugged into it, that generator is going to be putting out maybe up to 133 volts. And then when you apply a load to it, say a full load, then the voltage drops closer to 113 volts. So you get about a 20-voltage swing from no load to, to full load in that case, which isn't terrible, but it's, it's just kind of one of those factors you have to take into account as far as power quality because you have the voltage, which ideally would stay right at 120 volts, and then you have the hertz. And, you know, 60 hertz in this country is what you want, but generators, they don't, they have a mechanical governance. They don't maintain speed exactly at 60 hertz. So often you have to speed the engine a little bit over that without a load. And then you want to fully load your generator and make sure it can stay at least above 58 hertz. Because if it can't, then you might have a problem with your engine that you need to deal with.
0: And so that's usually RPM-related, that it can't take the load, right, or can't put out the RPM to give it to spin that rotor fast enough to make the 60 hertz. Is that correct?
1: Exactly. And sometimes sometimes it's just a governor issue. It's not sensitive okay. enough, but if you bump the throttle, if it can go back to 60 hertz, if you bump the throttle, then you know the engine's fine. It's just the governor isn't quite tuned the way that it should be. But if that's wide-open throttle and it's struggling to maintain 58 hertz or better, then you might need to look into the carburetor, the valves, you know, potentially a valve adjustment, things like that.
0: Now, uh, I, use a little, I use a little meter, but you use, a, and I, you know, we touched on this briefly a minute or two ago, is that I suggest that everybody who has a portable generator invest in some sort of meter, and you could have a handheld meter, like a fluke meter reads voltage and hertz, which is frequency, cycles per second, all right? Or you could buy like uh, a little meter, like you have what's called kilowatt, right? Don't you use the kilowatt brand meter?
1: I do, yeah. I have multimeters as well, but I find like the leads tend to fall out quite a bit. And right. the kilowatt, you can just plug right into the generator, and they're pretty cheap. They sell them, I think, at Harbor Freight for like twenty-five or thirty dollars. Right. And they do everything you need. It'll show you the hertz, the volts, and you can even plug the heater into it, and it'll show you the amps that's going through it as well.
0: So let's talk now. You had so there's a listener out there in farm country. He has this this portable generator. He has it. Uh, he bought it new. He's been taking care of it. So do, he's he's going to do exercise. He should put a load on it while he's exercising. But he should also use his meter, whether it's a a multimeter or a kilowatt little handheld meter, whatever you have, and he should have a load on it and he should be looking for what? The output voltage, no load, hertz, no load, and then output voltage loaded and hertz, no load. Is that correct?
1: That's, that's exactly right, yeah. Because sometimes they don't set them exactly right. Even at the factory, you could bring a brand new generator home and the engine's running at 64 hertz, which is unnecessary. You're gonna blow that engine up sooner than you need to. You kind of want to fine-tune it and get it, you know, as close as possible. But, I mean, just so you know, too, it's, it doesn't have to be exact. I mean, even utilities to your house, they're allowed a tolerance. So, you know, I think up to 127 volts is acceptable for a utility to provide to your house or down to 113 volts. So that's usually the range I aim for is between 113 127 volts if it's within that range you probably don't have to make any adjustments but you know it doesn't hurt to try to make it better uh, just to minimize you know engine wear or just stress on the components if things are a little bit out of tune
0: Okay, so now the person's listening to the show. They they shut the radio off, and they said, "I'm going to go start up my generator," and he's going to start it up. And how much of a, how much of a load do you like to put on a generator during exercise? I usually use a space heater or a heat gun, like fifteen hundred watts. My generator is eight thousand watts, uh, constant ten thousand surge. So what 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 protocols do you like?
1: Yeah, usually I like to bring it up to half the rated load. So in your case, that would be 4,000 watts. Okay. And at half load, it should be right at 60 hertz because without a load, you have set it a little high. Right. And under a full load, it should be running a little slow. So at half load, if you're at 60 hertz, 120 volts, that's ideal. Uh, you can run with less or more. But really, it, it's up to you. And in the case of trying to load an 8,000-watt generator, you're going to need probably five space heaters, if not a little bit more than that. So that's a little challenging. And I think another thing that people don't realize, too, is that these generators, they're, a lot of them are 240 volts. They're made up of two 120-volt circuits. So you can actually only get half power out of any one Of the two outlets that are normally found on generators so you can't actually put 8,000 watts on one leg of that generator you have to balance the load and that that might be getting a little too technical but it's something to keep in mind even if you're you know wiring your generator to your house there's still two legs in your house odd circuit breakers on one leg and even are the other so if all your heavy loads are on the odd leg then you might trip your circuit breaker on your generator and you're only pulling half load. Okay. Uh, So so a lot of times you got to keep that in mind if you're trying to get the most out of what you have.
0: Okay, that's excellent. We're going to have to stop. So stay in the line, James. We're going to have to go to a commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to get some more information about checking out your generator. Welcome to Bushels and Cents from Farm Machinery Digest Radio, heard exclusively on Sirius XM Channel 147 Rural Radio. I am your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer, and never forget, it is not what you make, but what you keep that counts. It is important that you acknowledge how quickly your gasoline and diesel engines start, both cold and hot. It is an excellent qualifier of a pending issue, an extended crank time Even a second or two on an EFI gas or common rail diesel can point to a fuel filter that is getting restricted or an electric fuel pump that is getting lazy. A diesel that cranks longer on its initial start may point to high resistance in the glow plugs, a weak glow plug relay, or a compromised intake air heater. Agriculture runs on machinery, profits on reliability. Visit farmmachinerydigest.com where steel and soil meet.
1: The Cowboy Channel Bar in the historic Fort Worth Stockyards is the country's first bar dedicated 100% to Western sports. Watch your favorite rodeo on one of the 11 televisions. From the Texas Swing to 100 Rodeos in 100 Days and the National Finals Rodeo, Cowboy Channel Bar is your ticket to the best drinks and the most iconic rodeos from across the country. Saddle up to the bar seven days a week or head downstairs to the historic Speakeasy on the weekend. Located right under the famous Fort Worth Stockyards sign, visit the Cowboy Channel Bar today.
0: The Rural Evening News, the only primetime newscast that matters to rural America. That report is out. Caught me by surprise. Grain and livestock markets kind of going all over the place. The weather outlook for the coming days.
1: This system is really picking up some steam.
0: And Western sports.
1: An incredible ride you will have to see to believe.
0: In one jam-packed half hour. The Rural Evening News, weeknights at 7.30 Eastern.
2: On Rural Radio, Channel 147, the Agribusiness and Western Lifestyle Channel.
0: Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. We, we, we have James Condon here, the generator guru, the portable generator guru. And James, we only got a couple of minutes left. So what kind of parting words would you like to tell people about checking out their portable generator? And please, again, let them know that you are a resource that they could contact.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely, if you're having issues, check out some of the videos I have because I have, a lot of topics that are covered in these videos that'll help you diagnose stuff. But if you don't see something there that helps you, you're you're welcome to reach out as well. My YouTube page on the About tab, there's a way there to email me directly.
0: And uh, now also, we we didn't get a chance because the show goes so quickly, but a lot of those AVRs, uh, automatic voltage regulators, don't they have a potentiometer adjustment on the back that you could tweak the output voltage?
1: Yeah, about 95% of them do have that adjustment there. So there's a little potentiometer. You turn it usually clockwise to bring the voltage up and counterclockwise to bring it down. If you don't have an AVR, then the voltage is purely based on the engine speed. So you'll have to adjust the speed in order to change the voltage. And if for some reason you can't get it within the range you need, then maybe that regulator needs to be replaced or if it's brushless, the capacitor
0: now when you just a pot pot electrical term for potentiometer and avr that's only going to modify the voltage output is that won't modify the hertz the frequency will it
1: no the hertz they are based purely on engine, engine speed, speed unless you have an inverter generator and that's doesn't matter the engine
0: speed. Okay. I see. And the thing also is that as far as the brushes are concerned and to to get to the AVR and get to the brushes you have to take what do they call it the end cap off the uh, off the generator? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, really it's the I am I, I we only have a couple of seconds left here but I want to uh, thank you Jim for being on on the air with me today. His website the youtube channel is a great resource i reached out to him to help me with my generator and i just think that you should be familiar with what you have because when the power goes out or if you have a problem and that's why it's so important for you to check during your exercise to check the voltage output and the hertz jim i want to thank you so so much for spending time with my audience today and i want you all to know that the hot rod farmer is pulling for you, the American farmer and rancher and my beloved, beloved America. You have a blessed day and catch you next week. Bye-bye.
1: If you're like me, it's all about the great outdoors. Hunting, fishing, camping, hiking, biking, cooking, campfires. I love it. This is Beck, your host of the Bend Radio Show. Join me every week as we get the latest outdoor news and updates. We have hacks and gadgets. Plus, hear the stories from the backcountry that empowers all of us. Catch back if you can every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern
2: time right here. Rural Radio, channel 147 on Sirius XM. This urban ag report is brought to you by fmowheels.com, the digital CSA for urban communities supporting urban farmers everywhere. Urban farming has grown in popularity over the last 10 to 15 years. The urban population across the developing world has grown by 500 million in the last decade. And it is predicted that by 2025, more than half of the developing world will live in urban areas. Urban farms are sprouting up all over the world. They're working to increase food security by growing food locally. They give underserved urban neighborhoods access to fresh foods. They strengthen local economies by keeping dollars circulated within the community. Urban farms localize food production through a distribution ecosystem, providing health, environmental, economic, and aesthetic benefits to urban communities across the globe. This has been the Urban Ag Report on Rural Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 147. Follow us at urbanagreport.com.
1: Hi, I'm Rob Keck from Bass Pro Shops, your leader in the outdoors. Join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern for Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. We'll talk about all things outdoors and preserving our access to the forest, field, and water. We'll be bringing you special guests from unique locations as well as inside access to the latest topics and trends in the outdoors. Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World only on Rural Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 147. Your adventure starts...